We are called the Midnight Society. Separately, our contributors are very different. We like different things, and we're from all over the world. But one thing draws us together. The dark. Okay, well, two things draw us together. The dark and Jurassic Park. Today, we gather around this fire to share our fears and our strange and scary tales. What got us together and what keeps bringing us back. This is a warning to all who join us. You are going to leave the comfort of the light and step into the world of the supernatural. Today you'll hear several stories surrounding the brutal, the creepy, and the strange. But what if your past kept you awake? What if you couldn't control your nightmares? Would you be able to let go of your past long enough to forget about the nightmares? Or would the past catch up to you and terrorize you once again? Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, we call this story The Tale of Enduring Trauma. to you. Thank you uh, so much for taking me today. Absolutely. No problem at all. Did you have another setback? Oh, I I guess you could say that. I was this close to feeling comfortable again. I know it's been a while since you've had any nightmares about your experience. I checked my notes and last we spoke about this issue was four years ago. You haven't called for an emergency session since. I know. It's It's just... It's just that, you know, with with all of the, you know, stuff that's going on out there, I, I, I've been thinking a lot more about it recently, and, and I keep thinking, you know, maybe this is all a hoax. Maybe, maybe none of this is real. I, I don't know. But even if it's not, I, 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 I can't help but be, you know, uh, scared about the whole thing. We've been having regular sessions for a while now, and I know the last year has been difficult, but you've been able to keep in check. I've seen some great growth from you since even prior to the events in California. Ah, I know, I know. I felt pretty good. So why don't you tell me what you saw this time? Okay. You know, despite the uh, vision being hazy, that's how dreams work, you know? It's almost exactly as it happened 26 years ago. The light is just streaming across my face. The the sound of of thunder and rain is is, so overwhelming. And I'm just... I'm trying my best to just change the outcome more than I could have in real life. it's, a, it's, you know, it's like a dream. You, you have no, no control. Your arms don't do what your arms want them to do, and you, your, your body doesn't work 
the same way as it does in real life and whatever whatever I try to do it just it it doesn't matter it it all ends up the same way you're struggling with I know I, I'm struggling with the fact that I can't control what has already happened because it happened period that's it I'm sorry it's it's just all a bit much I know I know you don't <laughs> like to relive the details but please no. proceed what happened next the attack there may be more details in there to analyze. Uh, okay. Um, again, you know, the thunder and the lightning and, and, and the rain and, and, and the crashing. It, the glass just falling all over my sister and I. And we, were, we were all alone. You know, Donald had, had already left us and we were just helpless. We, we were kids. And he left us. But, you know, I think the only saving grace in that moment was was that the glass just stayed mostly intact above us and, you know, prevented her uh, from... The T-Rex. Let's make sure we are as descriptive as possible so that I can help you. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh... The T-Rex... The roaring was, was earth-shattering. I honestly think our, our screams, they're echoing, you know, in my ears right now. And I think they may have been louder, to be honest. I, I just hate it. I hate that, uh, that, that monster. It's, it's haunted me for 26 years now, and I suppressed it the best I could. But it just wasn't enough, I guess. I... I never expected to have to face that park reopening. Jurassic World has just literally been a specter just looming over me for the past 14 years. I thought it was over, especially when the park fell. And I, But then I started to think about, about all the terrified people that now feel exactly like I do. And we all have to deal with this. Of course, I, I I thought it was over again one year ago, and you know the volcano and the ash just smothering that island and, and its inhabitants. <sighs> that should have been it—an extinction-level event. I thought it was over, but now you know with the the reports of the. Sightings and the zoo, what happened in Northern California, it's, it's just consumed my mind again. I feel like no matter what I do or where I go, it, I, I, I can't control it. I'm just being haunted. I'm sorry, Dr. Hildebrand. You're going to want to turn on the news. Something big has happened. I'm in the middle of a session. Can it wait? Trust me, you're, you're going to want to see this. I'm sorry, Tim. Just one minute. Let's see what this is all about. Residents are on high alert this holiday weekend after three sightings, all way too close for comfort. Police are investigating what the family claimed to be a near-death experience. A supposed Allosaurus tracked down a trio of dinosaurs referred to as a family of Nasutoceratops, one of which was reported to be a baby. If true, 
that is considered to be the first of its kind, a dinosaur born on U.S. soil. You see? I can't escape it. It all ends the same way. I'm being haunted. Sometimes, you can't let the past go, and the past gets you in the end. Tim couldn't escape his experiences. Now he has to deal with them head on, in new and terrifying ways. Our next story comes from Tom Fishenden. Have you ever viewed horrors from the outside and said, Well, I'm glad that didn't happen to me. Well, you never know. You just might be next. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. We call this story The Tale of the Campground's Curse. Good evening, and welcome to a special report on BBC World News. This evening, we will look at the prehistoric chaos which has been taking Central America by storm across the past few weeks, after an incident occurred in California which caused dinosaurs from the former attraction, Jurassic World, to spill out into mainland America. A recent incident at the US campground in California known as Big Rock National Park, has left several visitors stunned after a vicious attack destroyed several RVs and campsites. Before we cross over to Mike Cooper, who is live at Big Rock National Park for us, we have a special report from Bob Smith about a recent Tyrannodon phenomenon in Las Vegas. For more information, we have Bob's report. Las Vegas, the home of partying, betting, alcohol, and everything in between. Here, you wouldn't think weird things would go amiss, but recent incidents unfolding here have had casino-goers and residents alike concerned about the future. As you will have just seen, pteranodons have been taking to the already crowded airspace of Las Vegas in what is a rather unnerving sight. This was reported by a couple of outlets online before the clear video evidence was captured, which indicates how clearly these prehistoric excuse me, animals have been taking to the city. This comes just days after sightings were made of another famous Jurassic World attraction, the aquatic reptile known as the Mosasaur, just off the coast of Miami. With so much unfolding both here and on the west coast, it is safe to say that tensions are high. Whilst officials assure us there is nothing to be concerned about, that isn't the consensus among many here. Still, for now, we watch and we wait until somebody steps in to capture these stray animals. That's all for me. Back to you in the studio, Paul. That was a special report by Bob Smith in Las Vegas. 
Now, we go live to Mike Cooper in California. Mike, how are you holding up? Well, Paul, things here are a little bit tense. As you can see behind me, several campers here at Big Rock National Park were recently caught up in a battle between a large carnivore and an herbivore. Earlier today, I got the chance to speak with some of the witnesses, and here's what they had to say. Yeah, man. Those, those things, what were they? I don't know, man. Dinosaurs. Well, they just came out of nowhere. One just ripped the trailer apart like a cardboard box. I don't think we can be so sure they left here already. Lots of chaos has unfolded here, and authorities are now in the process of cleaning up and tracking down these animals. Suddenly looks chaotic out there, Mike. Did the authorities have anything to say about where the animals came from? You know, not too much, Paul. The carnivore is believed to have been an Allosaurus, something which was listed as being an asset at Jurassic World, but the herbivore has authorities stumped. Eyewitness reports say it was an Asutoceratops, but reports from Jurassic World never mentioned any animal of that name existing on Isla Nublar. Interesting. Mike, can oh, you... So, sorry, Paul. Uh, it looks like something interesting is going on down here. Let me see if I can... Uh, One, one of them appears to have come back, and it sounds like it's plowing through the camp again. It looks like the, the police are moving up to see if they can take it down. Oh my god, it's coming this way! Run! Get back to the bear! Go! Go! Apologies for the distressing viewing there, folks. We've had to cut Mike's feed for safety reasons, but we are assured that he will be just fine. In other news, the president has denounced the existence of dinosaurs as fake news. In a world where dinosaurs roam free, can anybody really be safe? Our next story comes from Arjun Boss and brings us to the terrifying halls of the Lockwood Estate. Now, you may be lured by the enchantment of fossil relics and potential dinosaur sightings, but would you step foot in a manor if you knew it were haunted? Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society we call this story The Tale of a Father's Lament. On a chilly autumn night, Benjamin Lockwood poked up the fire in his fireplace. It had not been long ago when his wish had been granted and the house had been blessed with a newborn baby. A wish Benjamin had cherished for many years for it to be finally answered. Yes, it had been tiring. But in a way the house had been replenished with life, something that had seemed missing for such a long time. The cold wind howling outside remembered him of the day he buried his daughter. Benjamin walked to the bookcase, 
and took a picture album to his comfortable seat where he sat down in front of the softly crackling fire. The door opened, startling Lockwood, and he turned, relieved to see Iris coming in. Sir Benjamin, little Maisie is sleeping now. I think she may ask for a bottle in a few hours, which hopefully will then keep her satisfied till morning. Will you take that, or do you want me to give it to her? That's alright, Iris. I'll feed her. You can go. Go get yourself some sleep. I know this isn't easy on you either. It's no problem, sir. Really. Thank you, Iris. I'll see you in the morning. Good night, sir. Iris softly closed the door behind her, and Lockwood turned his attention to the album in front of him. The childhood pictures of his daughter. It seemed as if the room turned dark before his eyes, and with a sudden rush of wind, he thought he heard his daughter's voice. <laughs> Maisie? No, of course not. Just a vivid memory. The room turned cold and Benjamin shivered. The fire had died out unexpectedly. He put the album aside and stood up to get the fire going again when he heard the door creak. Iris? But when he looked around he saw nothing. A haze troubled Benjamin's eyes. Then through the haze he thought he saw his daughter's face appearing. Not the girl, but the woman she was when she died. Then he saw her clearly and she spoke. Death? Why did you replace me? Was the memory not enough? You know the little girl won't have the same life I had. She'll have a troubled life. Chills went down Benjamin's spine and suddenly he was filled with doubt. Had he done the right thing? Had John been right all along? He closed his eyes, thinking. When he opened them again, he found himself sitting in his seat, a blanket around him, the fire crackling strong in front of him. Branches of a tree outside were ticking against the window. Then he heard Maisie crying. Right thing or not, it was done. And there was no way back. It was time for the little one's bottle. It must have been a bad dream. He left to get the bottle. But just before he closed the door, he heard her again. She is not me. Remember who I was. You can't blame Benjamin for his mistakes, but the ghost of his daughter is surely making him pay for it. Extinguish one horror with hope, and another horror appears. Our final story comes from Travis Stevens. Imagine a tapping at your chamber door, waking you from your slumber. What would happen if evolution didn't have its way, and Poe was awoke by a raptor and not a raven. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, we call this story The Tale of the Raptor's Rap. Hello, and thank you for joining me at Lockwood Manor for my annual reading of Edgar Allan Regis's famous poem, The Raptor. I applaud you for summoning the bravery to join me in this house of genetic horrors. According to the rumor, who knows what might still be lurking within these paneled halls. 
What engineered terrors do they still hold for the living? Just listen to that thunder. That storm center certainly hasn't dissipated or changed course. But I'm so very, very glad that you didn't postpone our evening together. These words were penned years ago, but I hope you will find them appropriately chilling. Considering our setting, we could stand to have a little more fear of this thing called scientific advancement. What with these men wielding their discoveries like a child who has just found his father's firearm? A little fear such as that inspired by the hungry, slathering jaws of a raptor might do us some good. And with that brief introduction, I shall begin. The Raptor. Once on an evening, dark and dreary, park guards waited, hearts all fearing, tasers charged, bright lights revealing, forklifts, crate, and dinosaur. The loading team did push the crate until it locked into its place. The loading team did step away, away from crate and dinosaur. But those in close proximity did not know what was in store. Quoth the raptor. <coughs> ah, distinctly I remember. Gatekeeper, such a brave team member. Lifting so the beast could enter. Enter through its raised pen door. The raptor slammed into the gate. With force so terrible and great, the keeper fell down from his crate and landed on the concrete floor. But alas, the crate was sealed no more. Quoth the raptor, <coughs> The keeper rose into the air, as reptile claws and jaws did tear into his flesh and meat and hair, a scene of tragedy and gore. Shoot her, screamed the high-socked man as tasers shocked from every hand. But Muldoon soon would understand that thing was not ruled by command. No thing such as this dinosaur. It clawed and scratched and ripped and tore. Quoth the raptor. <coughs> the keeper's hand, it disappeared, and the worst had happened as some had feared. To investors it became quite clear that risk surrounded dinosaurs. The investors did dispatch that day a lawyer who would smooth the way or put an end to Hammond's play in prehistoric DNA. His cloning labs might close the doors, quoth the raptor. Well, so many of you know what happens in this part. Perhaps shall I just skip ahead? Let me see. Ah, uh, yes, uh, here, I may have... I may have jumped just a bit far, but raptors are known for their leaping abilities too, yes? Here we go. Our sequel heroes running from certain peril, from savage beasts primal and feral, seeking somewhere safe and sterile, soon found the long grass there before. Into it they ran with haste, 
Despite the screams of men who faced sickle-clawed things that chased and leaped upon them more and more, our heroes ran and closed the doors, quoth the raptor. The raptors planned and coordinated. They dug one side and then abated. Those inside were almost hated by these ferocious dinosaurs. But, however lethally fantastic, a raptor's fate may change quite drastic. A raptor was brought down by gymnastics, impaled upon metal spikes so coarse, post-impact with Olympian-level force. Quote the raptor, Ah, unfortunately, my book, it seems to have a missing section here. All the remaining pages seem to have been violently torn out, slashed across the binding, spilling the pages like intestines. As though by an intelligent, yet vicious, and hateful creature that didn't want us to read any further about its development and later sequels. Strange. Perhaps we shall return to the end of our first story to round out this dark tale. Apologies. This will have to do. The children fled into the kitchen, a place they thought was safe to sit in. They underestimated the intuition of that scaly carnivore. The door they thought would stand between was opened by a hand so lean, where claws malevolently gleam, claws that long to slice and score. The children knew their time was short. Quoth the raptor. <coughs> the raptors entered, stood and sniffed, inspected ladles, clearly miffed. Their sickle claws went tick, tick, tick upon the tiled kitchen floor. The children barely got away, and did a raptor freeze that day? It's hard for anyone to say. Then Rexy came in with a roar. And those few raptors were no more. Quoth the raptor. <coughs> what of the raptor of these days? Does it have scales or feathered face? Is it kind? Can it be placed into a team of raptors four? No, the raptor is nobody's pet. Your safety is an uncertain bet. Be quite afraid, my child, fret. If you find that it's beside your bed, it won't relent. It will not let you disappear where it can't get. They should be destroyed one and all before the raptor finds you. And there it is. Thank you again for joining me in these deserted halls this evening. Halls once inhabited by winking, smiling echoes of creatures from the past. Who knows? Perhaps they aren't all gone, even now. Happy Halloween. <laughs> I, for one, wouldn't answer if a raptor came tapping. Would you? And that brings us to the end.
the end of our tales. It's time to extinguish the fire and head home. Special thanks to Tom Fishenden for his segment, along with AJ Coke and Arjun Boss. From Arjun's segment, Victoria from Victoria's Cantina, Stephen Hurl, Annabelle Coke, and at Jade Malcolm 97. Also, a special thanks to Travis Stevens for his segment. And in my segment, Veronica Saldana and Ryan Donahoe. Thank you all so much for being a part of our Halloween episode for 2019. Happy Halloween from everybody here at the Jurassic Park Podcast. And safely enjoy your trick-or-treating. And we'll see you all next Halloween. Until then, my friends.